The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today. Praise the Lord. Everything is perfectly fine. Then a few weeks later, we find out it's a girl and we are on cloud nine. So uh, we had a great week with the family. And then that next week when we got back into town, we went for the 4D ultrasound and our whole world just flipped. a and Duck Dynasty, Missy Robertson shares how even when facing insurmountable obstacles, she considers herself blessed, blessed, blessed. R-O-B-I-S-O-N, Robinson, and my wife, Betty. And you may notice that we've been having the Robertson family come quite often. It's like another one drops in uh, every <laughs> week. And we don't have any ducks flying around. <laughs> we don't have any duck blinds. I don't have a beard. But the family just keeps coming. And I'm going to tell you something. We love it. And we love it because we feel like, you know, it's kind of like the real deal. It, it's kind of like maybe reality television that actually makes sense because there's some real people who have a real love for God, for freedom, for our country, for personal responsibility, and for their family. Well, Missy Robertson is here, and she has a book called Blessed, Blessed. If you, if you can see the title up close, you got Blessed, Blessed, and then you got dot, 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 Blessed. I wonder why the pause... Well, let's find out. Would you welcome Missy Robertson to life today? Would you? <laughs> Missy, good to see you. How's the family? Wonderful. Wonderful. Everybody's doing great. Do you, do you actually like the, uh, you know, the, I know it's just demanding. Television's demanding. Are you okay with it? Are you okay with it because you think it's doing some good? I thought you were going to ask me if I like the beard, and that's the question is no. You don't like the beard. I'm, I'm one of the wives. I'm probably the only wife that does not like the beard. But uh, I'm, I'm waiting to ride off in the sunset with a clean-shaven man that no one else will recognize but me when the show ends. All right. I, I really want to hear your story. This is a, it's a really neat uh, cover. Uh, is there any significance to the fact that he's holding the umbrella over you right here in this rain? Is there any significance in that? It's very significant, actually, because, you know, the rains of life are falling all the time for anybody. And if anybody says, oh, I don't have any rain in my life, they're either in complete denial or they're lying. So there's It could be storm rain. That's right. Rain there's different storms, levels yeah. of rain, of course. But, you know, with this journey, we did this together. And there are times when he's holding the umbrella and there are times when I am, you know. So whoever is the strongest one at, the, at that point. Well, you appear to be a blessed family. So I think when we, we see the, the joy, there, there's a, I don't think this is put on. I feel like you really love one another. Yes, sir. I don't, I don't think you can fake out that the children seem to be along. We have 11 grandchildren, <laughs> a great grandchild. 
And we were talking recently about how crazy about one another all the cousins are. Yes, they are. And they're growing up. They're mm -hmm. older than, than you all's children. Yes. And two of them are married. Mm -hmm. Others, I think, are wanting to get married. <laughs> Some are kind of in line. Mm -hmm. But the point is, they are absolutely crazy about one another. And I think sometimes God would be so happy <laughs> if his kids seem to be crazy about That's each other and get true. along. Well, but, but yours do get along, don't they? They do. Um, you know, Alan is the oldest of the four boys. Right. And he has two grown daughters and he has granddaughters. So after that, we kind of, Corey, Corey and I started having our baby. So Reed is five months older than John Luke and they were best friends growing up. Sadie is six months older than Cole and those two are best friends. As they got older, the four of them did so much together. Now I look at Mia, who's 12, and she has Bella, who's 13. She has Lily, who's almost 13, Merritt, who's 11, and those four girls are best friends. Isn't that great? And it is really wonderful, and that's not just for show, that's not just for the camera. Right now, Merritt and Mia are spending the night tonight <laughs> with a friend together. So they really do do everything that they can together because they enjoy being together. All right, you put the dot, dot, dot here for a reason. Mm -hmm. Now. I know you believe you're blessed. What do those three dots and then a huge blessed mm -hmm. signify? Those three dots are the bulk of the book, basically, which is the story of our journey getting Mia here and dealing with her health issues. And when I say getting her here, that story sometimes is looked over because, uh, you know, I had a tubal pregnancy when we decided to try for a third child. And that was heart-wrenching to actually have to say to a doctor, I give you permission to go in voluntarily and take this baby out. That was really tough. And, and I had worked for an OBGYN clinic for a lot of years. I had typed that. Mm -hmm. I had talked about that for all those years. But then when it happened to me, I thought, whoa, 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 whoa wait, wait a second. Mm -hmm. What does this really mean? So even though it is a routine medical procedure and without it, this baby would have died anyway. Without it, I possibly could have died with the rupture of the tube. Sure. And then following that, um, there were some problems again because I am A negative, that's my blood type, and which means I have to receive the Rogam shot when I'm pregnant at 28 weeks and after I deliver a baby. Any woman who's pregnant knows her blood type. If, she, if she's getting prenatal care, because it's very important. Without the Rogam, and a woman with negative blood is going to push a foreign object out of her body if that, if that baby has positive blood. Reed had positive blood, Cole had positive blood, and the baby we lost had positive blood. There was no reason to believe that Mia would not have positive blood. All the odds were in that favor we hit our knees and started praying because I was told it was a 1% chance that that negative blood factor would drop down. But it's more like a 6 or 7% chance that we found out later. However, Mia had negative blood. And that part of the story was a triumph. There was nothing about my body trying to get rid of this foreign object. The goal, I was told, was to get this baby to 26 weeks gestation before they had to take her from me because she would have a greater chance of survival outside the womb than in mm. if she had positive blood. So that was the first hurdle. Once we realized a few weeks into it that there's no other explanation, this baby must have negative blood. We rejoiced, praised the Lord, 
everything is perfectly fine. Then a few weeks later, we find out it's a girl and we are on cloud mm -hmm. nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, we actually went to our annual beach vacation down in Gulf Shores, Alabama, where we go every year. Jason calls it the Redneck Riviera. <laughs> so we, that's where we go. They, they don't kick anybody with beards out of there. So uh, we had a great week with the family. And then that next week when we got back into town, we went for the 4D ultrasound and saw that she had a cleft. Mm -hmm. And our whole world just flipped. All right, what happened? You said it dot, dot, dot. That's right. How, I'm, in, how I'm into the dot, dot, dots right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we're we're well into we the got, dot, dot, dots. We're well into what I'm saying is, uh -huh. what did you do? Because well, that, that big hit came. Well, uh, we... And did, it was a serious effect. It, it was, and we did not know how serious it was according just to the ultrasound. We could see the cleft in the lip, but we could not, and we could not know anything else at that point. So uh, we started praying course that God would heal her in the womb so and we also prayed that if he did not heal her that the palate would not be affected because the more we learned about cleft lip and palate we learned that there are different levels of severity could be the lip or it palate. could be That's much right. more involved. it could be bilateral it could be unilateral it could, you know when you're talking about an opening it can be any varying degrees of being open and we of course are learning all of this we didn't know any of this and um we handled it very differently as two different people from two different backgrounds will do in a marriage. And I had to learn how he reacted even 12, 13 years into our marriage. We're learning new things about each other. So one example is we came uh, to the International Craniofacial Institute, which is here in Dallas, for uh, basically a workup. When she was 17 days old, we made the trip. They checked her literally from head to toe for web fingers and web toes and syndromes. And mm -hmm. we were just enlightened throughout the day, like, wow, that's a possibility. Oh, that's a possibility. And we're being cleared. We're being cleared. We're being cleared. And we started counting those blessings mm -hmm. throughout the day, realizing it could have been far worse. It was a very daunting day, watching your baby being poked and prodded all day long and hearing her scream really for the first time that loud all day long. And then being two weeks post-op myself with a C-section was very difficult, you know, physically. So when we get home, we get our boys who were staying with someone and we get them in the bed and we get Mia to sleep and I sit on the bed and I'm ready to talk about it. And Jason lays down and goes to sleep. And I sat on my side of the bed and cried for 30 minutes mm -hmm. before I went to sleep. And I thought, what? You just left me in all of this? Are you crazy? That was my thought process was, oh, no, he's left me mentally. Yeah. He gets up the next morning and goes to work, which is, happens to be his family business, which happens to be still run out of his, his youth home, his uh, mom and dad's house. And that's where he needed to be. He was with his mom, he was with his dad, and he was with people who supported him. I don't know what conversations they had that day, but when he got home that night after supper, he called in our five and eight-year-old boys at the time, and this was not to my knowledge. I did not know this was going to happen. And he said, all right, we're fixing to have a meeting. So okay, and we sat down, and he said, Reed, who was eight, he said, your mom is fixing to have a lot more things to do with Mia in regards to her physical care. It's going to be taking a lot more of her time. And y'all are going to have to step up. 
y'all are gonna have to be the men of the family and step up. Or so I'm looking at him like, what exactly does that mean? And he said, Reed. <laughs> he said, He went to sleep. He may be checking out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I never thought about that. Okay. Uh, but he looked at Reed and he said, uh, Okay, every morning you're going to get yourself up, you're going to get your brother up, and you're going to get each other dressed, you're going to brush your teeth, and you're going to come in here and fix your breakfast and make sure your backpacks are ready for school before your mom takes you to school. And I said, Whoa, 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 what, what? No, 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 they're not doing that. And he said, oh yeah, oh yeah, they're doing it. He was completely calm and in control. He said, oh yeah, they're doing it. He said, Reed, go in my bedroom and get my alarm clock. Reed just, boom, he's gone, eyes wide. And he came back in and, and he had it and, and Jace kind of gave him a test and he said, all right, what are you gonna do in the morning? He said, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna turn off my alarm clock. Yep, then what are you gonna do? I'm gonna get up and brush my teeth. Nope. I'm gonna put my clothes on, nope. And I'm sitting there and looking, you know, like what is going on here? And then a light bulb went off and he went, oh, I'm gonna wake Cole up. Jay said, yep, all right, y'all got it, go do it. And they took off and I said, what in the world? That's not happening, they're, they're not old enough to do that. They're eight and five years old. And he said, did you see the look in Reed's eyes when I gave him that responsibility? They want to contribute to this yeah. family. They want to help you, let them do it. Wow. And mm. since that night, they have done that every day of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've gotten themselves up every day. Well, you know, this was an unbelievable challenge. How many surgeries? She has had seven surgeries so far in regards to our cleft lip and palate. How is the progress? It's going wonderfully. You told me you thought she should be here telling the story. She should be sitting in that chair. And I said, is it going to be clear? And you said, it's going to be clear. But yeah. she's still got some more journey, right? From yes, something sir. That we, to... we don't know exactly because every child is different and the rates of growth in every child is different. She is small for her age. She doesn't develop as quickly as other children do. So she's a little behind, but... This past year has definitely been the toughest year of her life, although I'm not sure she would even agree with me on that. She has a different perspective, which I think is wonderful. Because these are, these are serious surgeries. Yes, ma'am, they not are. Easy to... No, and the toughest one was two surgeries ago, which was March of this year. They, they had to actually, physically, they had to cut through her... Mm -hmm top jaw. I don't want to be too graphic, but there's a, there's a lot of blood involved and move her jaw forward, resecure it, and then I had to manually move it every day for 3 weeks with certain tools. Mm. Now the follow-up surgery on that, they gave her uh, bone hormone, growth hormone, and it made her swell pretty bad. She said that was the worst surgery. <laughs> so she has a different perspective. But this is because of her body growing and That's changing right. and, the, and, and the mouse, and the not structure growing, is changing. You know, yeah. in her yeah. in her case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sitting here while while you're talking, and I'm looking at her. And, and uh, hi, Mia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I have an assistant named Carol, and she has a little girl named Mia that came to her from China. Oh. And it's just a beautiful, a beautiful story. I think she's about ten now. So. Mm -hmm and just beautiful, and, <laughs> and you're beautiful, and I can see the changes. And I wanna thank you for, you know, you're, you're, you've already shared a lot of your family life with the world, for Jesus, and to bless people. And I really want you to know that putting all of your family here and showing little Mia, mm -hmm. and to see the progress with the surgery, and just to see your family, 
and to know that you're willing to share that, that no matter how much we love God and love others, we still face some real heavy times. And that is when we need to pull together. And I think he really did the right thing when he got these boys to man up. He did. And they I, I liked hate to it. admit it, but he did. Yeah. And so the two of you are pulling together. And he was trying, probably he was trying to process mm -hmm. how he could help you, knowing he had other responsibilities. And I got to believe that what he was doing was to lighten your load, yes. too. He was really thinking about that. And I really want you to know that our personal feeling is that you're going to bless an awful lot of people with this. Would you like to tell me and tell Jace, tell the Robertsons how much you appreciate their family being willing to share, really to share with the, the whole world. Here, here is a Bible study, yes. I think, that goes with the book. Yes. And uh, this is in the bookstores. I will say you can go online and get it. If you would like to have the book, we'd be more than happy to send it to you. Uh, you know, we're doing something that, Missy, our viewers I think what they do is they do as individuals what your husband wanted the boys to do. Let's shoulder the load. Mm -hmm. Let's lighten the load for somebody that we love. Maybe somebody we don't even know, but we want to lighten their load. And our viewers have, you're amazing. Uh, I, I don't have the ability to express as effectively or adequately as I really think is necessary. Just I think how special you are to God's purpose in his kingdom, outreach, and imprint, and impact, the weight of his glory. When we show you a need, a very legitimate need, and an effective way to address it in love, you always seem so anxious to do it. I want to show you something that, yes, it's going to move you. You're going to say, I hurt with that mother, but... I can do something about the future. I want you to watch this closely and see if you don't want to shoulder a load here in a very effective way. Watch. As parents, we often want to give our children everything they desire. But what if you couldn't even give your children the things that they needed to survive? What if you couldn't offer them protection or even comfort them in their pain? Lydia knows exactly how this feels. Lydia's daughter, Maria, was exposed to the contaminated water at an early age, and the effects of the water immediately began to take its toll on her delicate body. Today, 
Today, you can prevent this from becoming the story of so many other mothers in this remote area who just want to be able to provide for their children. Our prayer is that Lydia would never again have to bury another child because of contaminated water. You know, we could gladly hold that precious mother in arms and join her in weeping. But she's also thinking about her other children and children in the village. And you stop and think if you went to get the only water because you have to have it, and when you went to get help, you actually brought them disease. And you lose your child. And then we look in from the outside and understand the challenges. And with compassion and legitimate concern, I think most of us would say, if possible, we'd take their whole community, their whole village in our arms and, and we'd give them water. We have it here. They don't have it there. But we can deliver it to them. Betty, we can drill a well in all those areas with those villages and literally with a single water well, most of those little remote areas, we can give them water for the rest of their lives, clean drinking water. And Betty, it's like a miracle to a village and they get to see the love of God in action, not just in word. Right. And then they're ready to hear about the source of that love that sends us there with water. Water for life because of the water of life, a relationship. And we get to see miracles. Right, right James. And just to think that through our gifts and our love to these families, James, these mothers especially, it's hard, very hard to know that what you're giving your child may kill them. And, and it's hard for them to understand why their child has to die because lack of the water that they need, James, the clean water, not the old disease. And a lot of the water, those diseases that they get are because of the water. They, they, we could stop so much of that if we would just reach out in our hearts and say, God, what, how, much, how much can I help in this situation? What can I do? Because there's something that all of us can do, small or big, whatever God leads you to do. Let's, let's get these water wells so that these mothers don't have to have the heartache of going down to those diseased rivers and saying, I know this is going to hurt my baby, but they've got to have some water or just to maybe live another day, James? Well, you know, the miracle is, and think about this, the well costs $4,800. There's someone watching me right now said, I can cover that village. I can drill a well. But we've targeted with missionaries' oversight and direction 500 areas in 15 countries with the same need. And so we're asking God to raise up people who will be an answer to that mother's heart cry and her prayer. Could you give the 4,800? Could you give 2,400 and pray someone joins you or 1,200 and pray three do? I want you to keep this in mind. It's really, really important. There is no small gift because we're giving love and life. $48 and you give 10 people water the rest of their life. There is a level at which you can participate. Most of the resources, and we do have couples and individuals, sometimes a church will drill a well. But most of the support comes in $4,800 or a gift of $100 or $144, whatever you can give to give water. Would you do it? We have some gifts to send you. I've written a book about the God of all creation that will bless you.
And then we have a beautiful table book that is illustrated so beautifully with all of God's creation and the beauty of it and the names of our Father. And then a beautiful bronze of one of the majestic animals that God has created that poses like majesty and makes us think about the God of all creation. We want to send you gifts to bless you because you are in fact giving the great gift of life and you're giving in love because of Jesus. Would you go to lifetoday.org or would you dial that number? Take your bank card, please do it now and we can just let that mother know there's a well on the way. Maybe you can give the well or you can give part of it and help us with those hundreds of wells in many countries. You do your part sharing God's heart. Thank you for doing it. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we would like to send you James Robison's book, God of All Creation. Through his personal observations of animals and wildlife, James shares heartwarming stories and spiritual lessons of God's love and grace. With your gift of $100 or more, be sure to request Majesty. This beautifully illustrated book teaches you the blessing and significance of the names of God, including Jehovah Rapha, your healer, and Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our beautiful new Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, I just thank you so much for, for being sensitive. Um, you're going to like this book, God of All Creation. That little dachshund chasing that rabbit has inspired me and so many people, life lessons from pets and wildlife, and then majesty, the names of God in one of the most beautiful table books and illustrations and pictures you'll ever see. And then if you'd like to have the beautiful bronze of a beautiful white-tailed deer, majesty, he's majestic. You know, artists can never really create the artistry that God does in all he creates. We want to say thank you with these special gifts to inspire you and bless you and for you to share with others because you've shared life. You've given the greatest gift. You've given people a chance at life. And if you would like to have Missy's book blessed, you simply help us give water and we'd be happy to send it to you if you feel like, you know what? She experienced some things. They're going through some things. I think I can learn from their journey. We'd be so happy to send it to you and encourage your friends to get one in the bookstores or online and to pray for the Robertson family, for all of them. And of course, for Missy and Jason, for little Mia. Would you join Betty and me in saying thanks again? <laughs> Missy, thank you. you. You just shared so beautifully. We appreciate it. Thank you for watching Life Today and most of all for sharing Life Today.
tomorrow on Life Today. Seth and Amber Haynes share how Jesus came to rescue them while they were trapped in the painful, broken places of life. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.